The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, 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 welcome to another edition of NBA Today. Hoopball presentation, Christmas Eve edition. Yep, that's right, you heard it. Uh, time y'all hear this, it'll be Christmas Day, so scrap that. But I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on Twitter at CorbinMBA, hoopball, hoop-ball.com online on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. Got a lot of dope stuff happening over there. Got some premium Hoopball products, a Hoopball 360. Got a Hoopball Discord chat that is rocking and rolling even as we speak. I had to mute it just now because I'm talking, so you know can't really be hearing how busy it is. But Let's get right to the hoops action of this pod. We got Will back on, as we will every week. You already know. Will, how you doing, man? Doing good. Great to be back with you, Corbin. Excited about Christmas, the Christmas games. Like, the NBA is back. Like, it's just a the prime time of the year. Yep, it really is. You can find Will on Twitter, at WilliamIsBell. Check that out. But, yeah, it, it, it's, it's fun. This is where we've been, you know, blessed to have the season start two days ago, and now we have the plethora of Christmas games is usually one of the highlights of the year uh, starting as well. So full slate of games, you know, this is where you unwrap your presents or if you, you know, already know your presents, you have them the day before, um, you just relax, you kick back, you got basketball from 10 to basically 10, 10 in the morning, to 10 in the night. So a lot of fun. But before we even get started there, I got to ask you, well, since our first time talking the last, you know, couple of days here, you had opening night, you had Warriors versus Nets, you had Lakers versus Clippers, you had 26 teams, 13 games yesterday. What have you liked so far from this early NBA season? What are your early NBA takeaways? Well, it's just been a plethora of games. Like, they, they tried to ease us in with the, uh, Tuesday night with the two games, and then Wednesday, just bam, full on, the NBA is back. And uh, I'm loving it. Uh, main thing I'm seeing is, you know, you're seeing the conditioning of players and, the like, the practice and preseason or lack thereof. You know, some teams are able to, you know, work through it, and they're looking like a well-oiled machine. And some teams are you're clearly showing they need some more, you know, cohesiveness together, more practice time together, uh, just some more on-court activities. I mean, like, you know, it's been a big thing about James Harden, uh, how he's looking right now. <laughs> so, you know, he's a little – he's been doing some extracurricular activities. But, uh, <laughs> to <laughs> so, say the least. I'm sure some other players have been too, I'm sure. But, you know, it, it's been great to see the guys that have been in the gym and and they're looking like, you know, peak performance, like DeMontis Sabonis, you know, guys like that, Jason Tatum, Giannis, you know, some of those uh, the all-stars are, are in, you know, mid-season form. And then you see some of the rookies, you know, that highly touted rookies, you know, they're going to have a long way to go with the shortened off-season, lack of preseason. Uh, you know, all the hype for the rookies, I think, is going to calm down a lot. Yeah, I think you're right, too. And in, in Rookie Watch, I did a little bit of this on my uh, show that dropped today from yesterday. It was uh, it was interesting. You know, you had some um, that played all right. Uh, James Wiseman had a decent performance. You had, um, um, uh, I already mentioned, Anthony Edwards had a decent performance. You had others who were less than stellar. You know, LaMelo Ball's kind of came and went. You know, it, it was interesting across the line. For some of these rookies, I, Tyrese Halliburton had a good one. Uh, Killian Hayes kind of was barely there. You know, it, it's it's game one for these guys. So obviously, you know, the ones that start off real special are going to be the ones that 
uh, are getting all the attention, and the ones that kind of have lackluster ones are, are going to slip through. But it was interesting seeing teams like Brooklyn, how dominant they looked, um, worries like Golden State and how rough they looked, uh, you know, how weird uh, um, the Pistons team was, things like that, you know, how listless Portland's defense, how on fire Atlanta was. I mean, 37 points on 12 shots for Trey Young. It, it was it was crazy. You know, you had you had these games. Uh, Russell and the Wizards and, and how they played to a new look. Again, Philadelphia 76ers. It, it, it's like you can have so many takeaways and really not nearly enough because the sample size is legit so small. Right, right. I, I 100% agree. Yeah, man. But let, let's I talk mean, about... And, and, huh? I just got to mention, speaking of the Pistons, I mean, is there a more weird team than the Pistons? Like, what are they doing? Honestly, your <laughs> your guess is as it, it's as good as mine. I have no clue what the what the plan is. You know what I, I mean? Like, say, uh, you had Jeremy Grant ask for more responsibility. Somehow he ends up with nine points. Um, you know, Blake Griffin didn't have a great game, but that was fine. Mason Plumley actually did, but again, he is not worth that money if he averaged the, the the amount of numbers he did yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, they are lucky that Houston didn't play. Their game got postponed because if they would have saw Christian Wood go off with the Rockets, which he probably would have, uh, they would be regretting that signing and lack of signing even more. That's just uh, Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a shame. It, it really is a shame. Um, I, I don't know what they're doing. Hopefully, they get better. Uh, then again, we had classics like we did uh yesterday uh between the Kings and the Nuggets. That was fun. Yeah, uh, Jokic had a triple double. You know, the, the Nuggets mm-hmm. uh end up losing though, but you know that you can tell that they're clearly uh, back. You know, I, I think it's interesting with them playing Millsap thirty six minutes. You know, Jermichael Green is out right now. Hopefully, when he comes back, Millsap won't have to log those many minutes in the regular season, and they can save him for the postseason. But you can tell it's a good warm-up, tune-up game. It's good to see Buddy Hill uh, get to go off. I don't understand why, you know, the Kings have not been willing to commit to Buddy Hill so much, because I think he's a nice young shooting guard that they should commit to. Oh, yeah, for sure. Build long-term. You find your pieces and you move with that. So, yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's going to be interesting to see. Again, it's so early how all this stuff's going to play out, you know? Yeah, definitely. definitely. For sure. But let, let, let me ask you uh, real quick about James Harden. So, uh, according to The Athletic, about half an hour ago, James Harden's list of preferred destinations to be traded. You know, he's had some issues with uh, Jay Sean Tate. He threw a ball at him. He's had uh, the issues with his extracurricular activities that – ultimately was a big reason why the Rockets had to forfeit their game last night against the Thunder. Uh, now his list of preferred destinations in a trade include the Boston Celtics and the Portland Trailblazers. Before that was the Nets. You have the 76ers. Next week it'll be the the, the, the Greensboro Swarm. Uh, you know, it, it, he has a whole bunch of folks that he would rather be at than in Houston. What do you think about Boston and Portland for him? Is that a good fit? Is that a, what, what is your thoughts on that? Well, see, when you first think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that would be a great fit. You know, if he's in, on those teams, they're instantly a title contender. But then you have to factor in what are they giving up. So if you have to give up anybody on either of those teams, they're pretty much right back in the same position they're in. Like, Because if you're not going to give up just C.J. McCollum, you're going to have to give up something else. You're not giving up just Jalen Brown, you're giving up something else. And so Harden and Tatum and nothing else is not going to get you anything. Same for Dame and Harden. I mean, with Damon Harden, Portland's a little deeper. 
So they they might have a little something, but I don't know. I mean, I think Harden is just realizing, you know, it's not going to happen. No one's going to give up the farm for him because of the way he's acting off the court, because of his age at 31, and the fact that most people in the league think he's a ball hog. I mean, Giannis and a couple of guys last year kind of let that out the bag last year, that he's not like a desired person to play with. You know, even though he's great himself, he's like an enigma, like an Allen Iverson, where he kind of needs his own team. And uh, another superstar doesn't necessarily want to share the ball with them. What do you think mm-hmm. about that? I, I mean, yeah, he. Let's just. I, I think he can pass the ball. I think he can be an offensive hub. Uh, he plays a very distinct way, almost a, a much more ball dominant version of LeBron James. And when I say that, I mean in the sense of when LeBron plays, LeBron is the system, and James Harden is the system. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he's not someone I, I don't think that's going to fit like he did back in the early two, you know, 2010s with the Thunder, uh, kind of acquiescing a little bit and, and molding a style to play with that of the team. Like, he is kind of the axis with which they run around. He's been that way for Houston for the last eight years. So you take that and you go from him being that guy to now being part of a tandem. Is it possible? I mean, I don't know. Recent history has shown that it can achieve success, but more in a your turn, my turn. We've seen that with Dwight Howard and him. We've seen that with Chris Paul. Just more recently with Russell Westbrook. You achieve some level of success. It does work up to a certain extent, but it's not a like homogenous kind of team, homogenous type of team basketball. It is more of, okay, you're going to get yours. I, I get mine. Rinse, wash, repeat. And so if you get these tandems with him and Dame and you get these tandems with him and Tatum, like, yes. It would be good simply because of the star power of those two. James Harden still top five at least, top ten NBA player right now. But with that being said, I don't see him flying around screens in off-ball action. I don't see him right. being like you know doing anything like that anywhere close to the the movement of Alice Steph Curry kind of going in that vein. You know he's going to be playing in a way that it's still a certain extent ISO ball, which is why I've said from the beginning I would just be a fan of having him play with Joel Embiid of Philadelphia. Now, if that move doesn't happen, and obviously there's no traction on it, hence him adding Boston and Portland to this list, you know, then then you get what you get there. But, like, for me, in in Philadelphia, you can kind of balance Harden's ISO game with the post-up game of Joel Embiid. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, looking at the uh, Sixers game that they played Wednesday, you can tell, I mean, they played really well. Yeah, but it's, it's a little bit more offense, I believe, because Tobias Harris, you know, he's hit or miss. And, you know, mm-hmm. if you have, you know, James Harden in there, he can combine for more points than Simmons and Harris. You know, he can average that himself. So that would especially, be interesting. Yeah, especially in the half court, because their half court offense sputtered. So in transition, right. you, can go, right, right. you can go to Ben Simmons right now. Um, in the You know, in half court, you can kind of dump it down to uh, – and beat and kind of let him cook for a little bit, but you don't have enough up ball movements. You don't have another offensive initiator. Like you said, it, it's, it's, it's okay. It'll work, but it's, it's not great by any stretch. Yep. Yep. But, um, Corbin, I got a, um, I got a hot take for you. I, where I think oh, Harden is wow. Go. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's hear it, sir. <laughs> I'm here. No one, no one wants to give up the farm for him, but there's one team that can give Houston, uh, boatload of draft picks and young potential, and that is Oklahoma City Thunder. He can return wow. home 
and go back home. And, and, you know, he loved it there. He didn't want to leave there. It would be his team. They probably could keep Shea if they took all the draft picks. You know, what do you think about that? So while I see where you're coming with it, I do. <laughs> they have the, the capital to make a trade like that happen. You know, maybe they don't have to let go of their young guy. But they are firmly, OKC is firmly on the rebuild. I think if you make that move, it's with the belief that Harden can help you win a ring, especially with the money that they have right now on him that he has under contract and the fact that he's 31. You know, you're making this deal knowing, okay, we have a chance to maximize the potential of James Harden on our team. Right now, if you make that team, let's say you make that trade, you get Harden on this team. Harden's not quite that player with that array of talent or lack thereof. You know what I mean? It'd be with him, Al Horford probably to go back to Houston for, for part of the salary match, you know, things of that sort. So you're kind of running out of players. Him and George Hill, maybe? I mean, and then those young guys, Shea's good, but those two aren't enough to lead you there. And then if you want to bank on that with, um, uh, what, 32-year-old James Harden, you can, but I, I don't know. And the, the thing that basically ultimately holds me against that is this. They have multiple cracks at some real fine pieces next year in the draft. Uh, Cade Cunningham being one overall, but you got a lot of guys coming up in, in, in the coming drafts. Amani Bates, you know, LeBron James Jr. Guys, it, 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 LeBron James Jr., you know, Ronnie, you got all these guys. <laughs> um, I'm saying LeBron James Jr. is thinking about the, the young buck not even realizing Ronnie. Like, you got these guys coming up. You have a chance to get with just the picks you have right now. You know, much, I mean, and, and, and through these with trades with other guys. Why well, give that up for a guy who automatically is going to be uh, effective, but not going to lead you to a championship, at least not as currently constructed. You know what I mean? And then also, uh, once he's gone in two years, you've taken on that bloated salary. You have to just on the fly in terms of, of um, I can't think now, in terms of how you're going to move about with your team, and you lose all these picks that you did a good job acquiring. Well, Corbin, well, y'all, <laughs> y'all see how Corbin just shot me down like that, right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) But they have 18 first round picks, Corbin. I think they can give off, you know, like like uh, the Clippers did acquiring Paul George. You know, they gave off a boatload of picks, you know, I I just think it could work. And then Uh obviously the rebuild, the rebuild goes out the window. Then you still have say you give off five picks. You still have 13 first round picks. Get I, give off some more first round picks. Get another person in there. You know what I mean? Go for it. I'm I'm gonna say this live right now. I I, I <laughs> pumped this up in our last show. I'm gonna pump it again. Who ball? We got this up. This great Discord chat. Like everybody in there is lit. We're talking fantasy stuff. Uh, you got an NBA uh, today subdivision. Just talking about the general NBA. I'm gonna throw this out to the gang. I want to see what they think. You need to get in there, Will, because I want you to defend yourself on there because. There's, like you said, there is some sense is just not a lot for me to go. Yes, you're right. Like 18 is a ton. And yes, they made that trade for Paul George. Paul George was younger, making considerably less and was on a deal where he'd be a free agent afterwards. Even that was risky. You know what I mean? Oh, you're talking about when um, when, um, the Clippers trade. When the Clippers did it, that was because they already had Kawhi in the bag. Okay, he has none of that. You have no promise you're getting another star. Shea Gilgis Alexander is still trying to figure out he's a great prospect. De- a decent player, but like you don't know, okay, best player, second best player in a championship team. It's too early to know that. So you're making a lot of moves and giving up. Yes, you have these picks, most definitely. A lot more than you can play with right now. I get where you're coming from, but keep those. 
maximize that, get more cracks at the number one Apple, then trade some of it for a one-year-old who, what, 40 wins with the rest of the roster you already have? Yeah, it's a great debate, you know. I like it. Like, like, you know, Boston Celtics were hoarding their draft picks, you know, and a lot of them went to the waste bin. So draft picks are great, but they're not everything. It's like the the main thing that'll get a GM fired is waiting on potential in draft picks. So I'm just saying, if they want to go for it now, you can do that. This is your chance to get a superstar back. No, no, that that is absolutely true. Let me just, again, if... if you're right, and you make a good point, I got to go with that because we've seen Boston and I trolled them righteously over it. Flub, time and again with that. That being the case, if you have that many picks, I'm going for like a Jalen Brown. You know, I'm going for like a young guy that I can get that has shown some production. 31-year-old James Harden, if I'm not a champion, if I'm not going to be up there, nah. Nah. I, I, that's, it's a great debate. That's just me. It's a good debate. <laughs> <laughs> Great debate. You heard it here first. Just remember where you heard it first. That's all I'm going to say, all right? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. I, I, if it happened, I'm, I'm going to be you, – you said it. I'm listening. That's all I'm saying. There you go. <laughs> oh, Are you man. ready for these games on Christmas, Corbin? We got a uh, full lineup, and, you know, everyone's going to be at home watching these games. I can't wait for it. How about you? Uh, same. I'm right there with you. I'm excited to see – kind of how this goes down, what's going to happen. Uh, let, let's, let's go into it. Let's talk about it. Um, let's talk with the with the very first game coming on, uh, excuse me, in the morning up in here. We got, um, what do we have here? We got what? It's on the uh, West Coast, y'all. So East Coast, you know, it's starting at noon. <laughs> yeah, but no, isn't it Pelicans versus Heat? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, I'm, you're right. East Coast is there. I'm looking. I'm like uh, 5 p.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. Now, that's going to be in the morning from us. Okay, so Pelicans versus Heat. Let's talk about them. We have the Heat. They just lost the game to the Magic. I said this uh, yesterday. I really think or that they're going to miss um, Jay Crowder more than they have. I don't know if the Pelicans going to be the team to stop them. But at the same time, you got some some fun. You got Zion Williamson against uh, Bam Adebayo. You got Brandon Ingram, who was on fire. Uh just just recently, uh, yesterday, uh, playing well, averaging well. He had 11 assists. You had uh, JJ Redick fire from deep off the bench. I mean, this Pelicans team is still kind of clunky. Don't really like all their spacing or, or real lack thereof in the starting lineup. But they're fun. And this Miami Heat team, I mentioned it. They they made the finals last year. Real good team, upper echelon of the East. But I think they're going to realize that like they're not exactly a, a perennial finals contender. Yeah, the Miami Heat, they seem like they're, you know, they're a work in progress in the regular season. They're not really pushing it full throttle. And then, you know, they're going to ramp up for the playoffs. That's what, what it seemed to be like they did last year. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree. That's a great point on Crowder. I think they missed him a lot more than they thought they were going to. And a lot of people are high on Mo Harkless, and I just don't see it. I don't get it. Um, you know, he only had three points, you know, one for two for three-point. I mean, his he only hit one three-point. Jay Crowder w- was hitting multiple three-point. He was having the best season of his life, really. And uh, mm-hmm. so they didn't want to pay. You got to at least play. I don't know. I just don't understand the Harkless thing. Play somebody else. Play uh, Iguodala more. Play Kendrick Nunn more. I mean, they I, – I don't understand. But, I mean, you know, it's Miami. It's their culture. They're going to get it together. But, yeah, the Pelicans are very exciting. Brandon Ingram, I think, is going to take the next step. 
You know, he took a kind of back seat last year when Zion came back. But I think this year, Brandon Ingram's going to, you know, lead that team for the most part. And, uh, you know, he's just an amazing player. And I'm sure the Lakers are probably regretting giving him up a tiny bit when they could have gave up Kuz. Is that true? They could have gave up Kuzma and kept Apparently, Ingram, right? Apparently no. I thought it was. Uh they probably they probably had a better chance between keeping um Kuz or Hart, but they had to give up Ingram. That was a that was a non starter. Okay, okay. I thought so too, but no, not apparently from what I heard, not a chance. Yeah. Would have been nice though. But yeah, watching him flourish, like this is good. And and you're right, like the, the results ultimately you, you get Anthony Davis, you know, the guy's a top five player, the guy's twenty seven. I would like 24-year-old Brandon Ingram playing like he is now, but, like, you already got the ring. Like, you got the proof that the trade worked right in front of you. Definitely. You had to do it. Mm-hmm. What matchup between the, the Heat and the Pelicans are you most uh, looking forward to? Uh, positionally, uh, is it a coaching battle? Like, what are you looking at, Will, uh, between these two teams that you're most hyped about? I think everyone is probably looking forward to the Bam-Zion scenario or, like, how's that going to match up, you know? But I think they'll probably have Steven Adams more against uh, him. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, just every game Zion plays, plays is very interesting to watch. You just want to see what he does out there. So basically, who do you think they're going to line up against Zion? I think they're going to put Bam on him a little bit. Uh, Jimmy but can do it. But I think he he's just so physical. Zion is that like you, you don't want to keep him there long term. Uh, Mo Harkless can possibly sop up some minutes there, but you just don't got the guy. Like, I feel like Jay Crowder would have both definitely been that guy had he been uh, matched up there, you know? Yeah, he was perfect for that. Yeah. So, um, and other than that, you know, Eric Bledsoe, uh, he, he played very well in his uh, first game, debut, with right? The, yeah, his debut. I thought, I thought he's gonna be a nice fit because in Milwaukee, it was kind of like. Uh, Bledsoe, you know, when are we going to get him out of here? You know, he plays great defense, but he's not good enough. Da, 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 da. But with the Pelicans, he fit right in, and I, I loved how he played. So. No, be a he good did. Yeah. He's, and he's still, I mean, what, 30? He's still technically in his prime. You know, he obviously fades in the playoffs, not the most consistent shooter, but he brings some value to that Pelicans team. I guess my one real concern is I wish there was some more shooting on that team. I'm glad you got J.D. Redick off the bench for some type of shooting, but you're really relying a lot on – um. Whatever you can get, and mind you, Bledsoe shot well. Uh, uh, um, Zion shot well. Oh no, Bledsoe shot well. Um, Lonzo shot well. Zion did too, but he's not shooting. You know what I mean? In terms of spacing, um, Brandon Ingram shot well. Like you had some good spacing, but I think it's gonna come and go as these guys, as they are, kind of have these hot and cold streaks, and you don't have that consistent shooting, that one knockdown guy that would really relieve pressure. Um, as far as Zion. He had an efficient game yesterday. Uh, he did look out of sorts. The Raptors' defense was uh, kind of tough. He lost the ball, got stripped a couple times in, in terms of playing. But, like, all in all, when you're 7-9, you know, you're good. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of major takeaways to get in that aspect. Uh, with that being said, I do wonder how X Bolster and the Heat are going to try to limit Zion and take him out of his game. They have the Bulls. I don't think they have enough of them, but they have the, the defensive uh, personnel to at least up in spots. And you know Spell's cooking with strategy. Yeah, it's going to be a fun game. I mean, both teams uh, must see TV, in my opinion. And uh, mm-hmm. they sure do not want to go to 0-2. So they're going to bring it tomorrow, you know, Christmas Day. You said it. Predictions. Who do you think takes it? Ooh, I'm going to go with the Heat. You know, on prime time, you know, they're, not, they're going to show up on prime time. All right. I'm going to surprise you and go Pelicans. <laughs> hey, it, it's a, a close matchup, so it's 
It is. I think I think it's 50-50. With, with the way how early it is in the season, I think the Pelicans seem to be, you know, more, you know, just ready right now. And the Heat are still warming up. They're not taking it that serious yet. So I think it's pretty even as far as talent right now. But mid-season, I, I wouldn't even think it would be close. I'd pick the Heat. But right now, yeah. I'm with it. I, I think yeah. that, like you said, I think the Heat are going to kind of start off like they did yesterday. You know, they had their moments, but a little slow, a little out of sorts. Um, Pelicans put the pressure on. Brennan Ingram has another strong game. Zahn plays a lot more effective than he did yesterday, uh, and I think they take it. I think that this is a uh, this is a Pelicans win. Now, I'm not sure if it's going to be like a super uh, blowout win or anything like that, but I think that the Pelicans take it, and uh, yeah, they close the bad boy out on that one. On that stuff, opening uh, Christmas win. And remember, they had a very good Brandon Ingram, especially had a good game in their last Christmas game uh, last season against the Nuggets. Brandon Ingram made the most of it. He shot uh, uh, 31 points on seven and nine from three, sparked an upset win over Denver. So maybe they can, uh, maybe they can do that again. But with that, let's uh, go on from the Pelicans' heat to another solid game: the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. So you already had. Um, the Nets and Celtics meet up um, on uh, you already had the Nets and Celtics meet up on preseason. That's when you had uh, Kyrie kind of saging up the place before they got into the games. You know, just 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 getting ready, making sure everything's all good. Uh, with that being said, uh, you know what? Uh, let's just let's tackle. I, I want to say, you know, let's let's put that one down first. We're gonna get that one in a second. Let's tackle this one real quick. I think it's gonna be a lot quicker of a game. I'm throwing the audible on here first. 230. Warriors versus Bucks. Ultimately, I'm just saying, like, the Warriors just did not play well. Uh, Draymond Green was out with that foot injury. Draymond Green is going to get – Draymond Green is going to be, what, inactive again for this next game as well? So you're bringing basically the same roster that stuck up the joint against Brooklyn, and now you're doing it against Milwaukee, a team that barely lost – uh, to Celtics yesterday on a buzzer beat it. Well, not a buzz beating, but a game-winning three by Jason Tatum over Giannis, and then a missed free throw by Giannis that would have tied the game up and sent it to overtime. So I think the Bucks come in with a no-nonsense mindset, and outside of the extreme pressure that Steph Curry is going to have, who can relieve that for him? Because it wasn't Kelly Oubre, and it wasn't Andrew Wiggins two nights ago. Yeah, I mean, if Draymond was here, I would say this is the most uh, entertaining game that I would want to see because okay. I want to, I would want to see how the Warriors bounce back, you know. And um, I I just think are they going to be this bad all year? And then the Bucks, you know, with the trade with the acquisition of Drew Holiday, you know, I think they're a well-oiled machine. I think they're going to be first in the East uh, again this year. But the Warriors, they have so much talent, but it's just like all over the place. And uh, just they just had a horrible game. There's no way. Kelly Oubre's going to go three, 3 for 14 again, probably for the whole year. Wiggins, mm-hmm. 4 for 16. That's going to be one of his worst games. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I got, I got to push back. You said there's no <laughs> way Kelly Oubre is going to do that again this year. I see it at three least two more 14. times. I see it at least two more times. Because let me tell you, these guys have to take the shot. These guys That's have true. to take those shots. But they're not knockdown shooters. Well, so okay. you have to That's take what... these shots, but you're not a knockdown shooter. Then guess what? You're going to have games where you get 10 or more shots and games where you make th- uh, five or fewer. You you have little uh, belief in Kelly Oubre, huh? <laughs> well, I, I, I think Kelly Oubre is good. Okay, I like Kelly Oubre. 
But, like, let's not get it twisted. Kelly Oubre, is n- I think he's overmatched in his role this year. He's going to have to be a guy to step up as a secondary player. He did a decent job of that in Phoenix. But the pressure is totally different now. And as a guy whose three-point shot is usually, what, lower 30s? Like, he's not a bad shooter, but he's not hardly someone that you look at as a knockdown shooter. I'm looking at his career shooting percentages right now just to make sure I'm not going crazy here. Okay, for his career, he's 32%. Uh, I'm sorry. Like, okay. <laughs> but listen, listen, okay, listen. Normally he's not playing. Well, I was gonna say normally he's not playing with an amazing three-point shooter like Steph Curry, but he was with Devin Booker last year. But exactly. last year was one of his best uh, seasons of his career. But well, also, Steph Curry look, was two for ten from three-point range. Do you think that's gonna happen again next this, now, this year? that I Probably wouldn't bank now. on. No, but again, right, you're putting so, a lot more pressure now on Steph Curry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but Steph is going to, if when Steph gets in midseason form, you know, you're going to have to run out to him. You know, you're going to leave your man open. You're not going to trust Wiggins or Oubre, and they're going to have wide open shots. So I'm going to bank on the fact that they will improve throughout the season, and uh, this should be their worst game of the season, uh, you know, even though Corbin doesn't have any faith in you, <laughs> Warriors guy. <laughs> uh, listen, I'm, yeah, I'm not going to, no, no. <laughs> I, I am no. I think he's good. I just say that you're putting a lot of pressure. You're putting a lot of pressure on Steph, more than he already has. And you're saying, yeah. okay, if he fails, then we have perennial underachiever Andrew Wiggins, who I actually like, and a guy in Kelly Oubre who is a solid player, but not as solid as people are making him out to be, to step up in a major role as your perimeter creators. That's not great. You have Eric Pascal off of yeah. last year. We're still trying to figure out whether he's a good stats, bad team, a good stats, bad team guy or not in his second season. You have rookie in James Wiseman. Then you're looking at Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins, neither of which should play the two, but one of which has to, while the other plays the three. And you're saying, okay, go to work. We need consistent at least 18 to 20 points from y'all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're that's right, not something I, I, I do think. I think the key is Draymond, like, because this happened before when Steph had all the weight on his shoulders and then, you know, Clay Thompson rose up with him, Draymond, you know, it was just those three and they, they took over the league because a prime Draymond, you know, just opens up everything for Steph and the other guys. So right now they didn't have Draymond. Draymond looked pretty bad last year. Hopefully he just was not, you know, in his element, wasn't, you know, just trying to be a, more of a coach last year than anything. Because if he can get back into his, you know, all-star form, defensive player of the year form, you know, getting 10 assists a game form, this changes the whole Warriors team. If Draymond is washed, it's going to be a really long year for the whole team. I mean, you're right. I, th- I You're right. And I guess, I guess that leads us to tomorrow because guess what? Draymond is not going to be there tomorrow. So what <laughs> are we going with? Yeah, you got to go with the Bucks in this one. You have to easily. That's why I try to make this quick. I'm glad that we took some time to talk about the the the, the kind of bird's eye view uh, of this team because that was important to kind of see where they are. I'm not very high on this Warriors team after watching them uh, against Brooklyn. I definitely am not, especially because it wasn't just on the offensive end. Defensively, they looked horrible too. But you know, you you take it. Well, you, some of it you take with a grain of salt. It is one game. On the other hand, you look at the same guys and you're trying these same guys out. Will they shoot better? Yes. Will it be enough? I don't know. 
for tomorrow. I think we both agree it will not be enough. Uh, the Bucks win this one going away. I just don't know how competitive this will be, and I feel ashamed to say that. Like by the end of the third quarter, I'm gonna make this hot, hot take. By the end of the third quarter, this is when you truly turn to hang out with your family for an hour. Um, you know, watch the presents, play with the kids, have some eggnog because you don't need to be watching this game at that time. Man, who would have thought we'd be saying this about the Warriors two or three years ago? But yeah, here right? we are. That 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 you said it. That that is my hot take for what's going down. This isn't even gonna be important. So. Uh, there we are with that. But um, let's move on to the next game, the one I was trying to get to uh, before I jumped the gun. Celtics versus Nets. Celtics had a yeah, big Nets. game. What? I would say this is clearly your most anticipated matchup, right? Oh, yeah, I'm hyped about it. Well, I mean, <laughs> Celtics had a big game. We saw how they played. Uh, Jason Taylor made a big shot over uh, the the yeah. over Giannis and the Bucks. They had that. Brooklyn absolutely dusted the Warriors, we already talked about that. So now we have these two teams playing each other. We saw a little bit of that this preseason, uh, and the Nets roasted the Celtics. I mean, Kevin Durant killed whoever was guarding him. Kyrie was just doing the same to the guards. So now we get to see if now we have a lot more minutes of Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. Uh, you had a strong game by Jeff T. Can he bring something like that again? I doubt he goes 4-4 four, four, four from 3 like he did against the Bucks. But if he can play some, you know, somewhat better – uh, someone like he did already, then you're good. Yeah, I think this is a, a pretty even matchup. Uh, I, I think this should be an amazing game. I just think uh, the Celtics are going to need Marcus Smart to do more. And as long as he does more, they'll be in the game with a great chance of winning. Because, you know, Terrence LeVert stepped up for Brooklyn. You know, even though it was a blowout, I mean, everyone just did their did their job and the Warriors just didn't really show up. But you know, for the Celtics, Teague showed up, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, but Marcus Smart is that's the guy that everyone had high hopes for this year with Gordon Hayward gone. They thought he could have a breakout season. And so he only had three points, seven assists. Uh seven assists is pretty good for him. But he we, we expect Marcus Smart probably average fifteen points a game. So if he can get those fifteen points, I think this game probably could be an overtime game and it's just a toss up. So what do you think? Uh, you know what? I mean, I have a little less faith in the Celtics, but I think that it could be. You got these guys, your main guys, having more minutes. Kevin Durant and Kyrie right now look different. That's all I got to say about that. They just look like a lot. But it's going to be a nice challenge. You know, you're going to see a lot more of Tatum on uh, Durant. See what they do to kind of rebound and take Kyrie out of its element a little bit. I think it comes down to the battle of the bench. And because of that, I give a lot more credit to the Brooklyn Nets bench with Karis LeVert than I do the Celtics bench, because I think the Celtics come back with a similarly thin bench to what they brought last year, uh, and the injury to Kemba Walker doesn't help that because you have less punch off the bench. You know what I mean? Uh, more pressure is, is relied on Marcus Smart to start, and then Jeff Teague, and you don't have really anyone any after that to really spell them. Totally agree. Like I was gonna say about Kemba Walker, if he was here, I think this would be the most perfect matchup. Of, I mean, I can see this as an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. These teams are so well matched up. Uh, because, you know, they have Jalen Brown and Tatum to throw at uh, KD. Most teams don't have that firepower, you know, and then Kimba and Kyrie would duel with each other. And then, you know, I mean, this is just, if everyone was healthy, this is just gold right here, this matchup. So I wish Kimba was here, but it still should be a great matchup. And, you know, I know who you're going with, so I'm going to go with the other team. <laughs> well, are you going, taking Boston? I'm taking Boston. 
What you think? I know you're going with Brooklyn. That's your guys, you know. But I think Boston's gonna gonna do it. Tatum's gonna have a blow up game again. Wow. All right. <laughs> I'm with it. I like that. Again, we're gonna have to come Christmas, and I'm gonna have to send some texts being like, "Boy, you were wrong," or. Alright, so actually if I'm wrong, I'm not texting you I'm just going to be quiet <laughs> But that's what's up, I like that Okay, there we go, sounds sounds like a plan Alright, well let's let's move right on To the next game here, we got uh, Got some interesting predictions so far This is, uh, this is kind of fun Alright, so We got three in the books We got two more left, this is the game This is the one I'm hyped about This is the one I am most excited to check out We got Mavericks, we got Lakers Lakers dropped a Tough one to the Clippers, still trying to get acclimated and all. Mavericks dropped a tough one to the Suns, who have traditionally been a tough matchup for them, especially opening night for some reason. Uh, but now they play each other. Last year, we had some excitement between these guys. Uh, it was a lot of fun, uh, the games they had. A few classics for sure. Luka versus LeBron, uh, always a good thing to see. Uh, got AD in the mix. Uh, you do not have Chris Porzingis. And I don't know if the Mavericks have who it takes to stop. LeBron or AD, and so with that, I'm going to be very quick, talk, give it to you for some additional context, but I give it to the Lakers. I just don't know if the Mavericks have enough, but I do think that this is going to be fun. I think LeBron's going to bring his A game for a bounce back, uh, you know, after having a somewhat pedestrian game uh, in the opener. Uh, we're just going to have some really good entertaining basketball, and I think it's going to be the best damn game of the night. Yeah, see, I think this one's going to be a quick one. I don't, I don't think the, the Mavericks really have much of a chance, really. I wish uh, Porzingis was playing, and then these teams will match up very well. But the only chance the Mavericks have, in my opinion, is the fact that last game, LeBron James injured his ankle, and you know, and he didn't return to the game. You know, So uh, they say he probably could have returned, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But they asked him about what he play in this game. He said, I haven't missed a Christmas game. In my career, and he's not going to miss this one. So as long as that ankle doesn't act up, the Lakers should win this pretty easy, in my opinion. I mean, I I think they, I still think there's enough hurdles they have to go through, personally. I think that that fit right now is still clumsy. Um, having Dennis Schroeder starting, I don't think it gives enough balance to them. I think defensively, any team that's relying a lot more on Montrezl Harrell is going to have an interesting time. I do think there's going to be a nice bounce back game for Marc Gasol because he was totally out of it in this first one. But I, I think the Lakers have just enough to continue to work on. That'll be a little more interesting. With that being said, yeah, I do think the Lakers take it and, and pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I love Schroeder on the Lakers. I think it's a huge upgrade. I mean, I love Rondo, and I mean, he's probably one of the top two smartest point guards in the league, but Schroeder, I think, mm-hmm. I think he's going to bring a lot to the table for you guys, but I think Gasol is pretty wise, though. I mean, listen, I'm not going to say all that. I think I think Gasol has some matchups that he can't really do well in. Uh, a team like the Clippers that stretch him out, that force him to play more in space. You know, for all the defensive savvy in the world, you still got to have the body that wants to comply with what the thoughts are going with to, to make these moves happen. And they don't ha- And Gasol no longer has that. So I think there'll be matchups that won't work. I don't see that really against uh, Dallas unless they go small and stretch him out. And I doubt that they're going to have – that ability when they have to contend and have more size on the floor to even match up with LeBron and AD. I mean, it could go either way with Gasol. I mean, I, I think, you know, y'all can nah, just play, I, Harold. play Harold for the most part. Just let, save Gasol for uh, Jokic in the playoffs. That's what you got him for. 
Oh, man. I can't believe you say that, man. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean, I'm a... Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to let that go. We, we just going to be nice about it. Prediction time. You're taking the Lakers, right? I'm going with your team, the Lakers. I appreciate that. I'm like, let's not be contrary to the facts, my friend. Okay. We, we both in alignment there. All right. Let's close out with the nightcap, man. What? I do think I do think Luca's probably going to have a 40-point game, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Who can stick him? Uh, Kuzma? Right. LeBron's right. not doing it. <laughs> Wes Matthews? You know what I mean? Like, you're right. I mean, he's getting this against... Kawhi and Paul George, he definitely getting against the Lakers. Right, right. <laughs> Ain't no jokes about that at all. So I'm totally with you on that. All right, let's move on to the closeout one. Though I, w- I want to say the one of the night, but it really isn't, and I don't think it is either. So let's just kind of talk. We got Clippers versus Nuggets. Uh, I don't know. I feel like the Clippers are kind of boring me. I mean, they're all right. They're going to be real good. You know, you have Kawhi, Paul George, had a smooth night. Serge Ibaka, Nick Batum. They got some interesting uh, interesting fit now. You're playing a Denver team that I think a lot of the, the bite has gone from it. It isn't because, you know, the Clippers as a whole lost 3-1. But Doc's not there. Montrez isn't there. And Michael Green's not there. Uh, you know, some of the guys that also were part of the team uh, aren't there, you know, in, in that vein. At the same time, uh, Denver's still going to have some fun, you know. Uh, Nikola Jokic is still a matchup problem, whether that was Montrez who had cooked or Serge Ibaka, who I think he'll have a, be okay with. Um, Jamal Murray had a horrible game uh, against uh, the Kings. Literally, one and nine, it was horrible. But maybe he can bounce back, and I think he especially will. Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton had great games. I expect that to continue, uh, if not as effective, because you're matching up Michael Porter Jr. and Will Barton against Kawhi and PG. That's going to be interesting. You have Facundo Campazzo coming off the bench, making great passes. I mean, the, the Nuggets... While maybe not being a better team than the Clippers are still a matchup problem for the Clippers that I look at similar to how the Clippers are a matchup problem for the Lakers, despite the Lakers being a better team. Well, I do think the Clippers are in a lot better shape uh, having Ibaka over Harrell uh, this year. So I think, you know, that's going to help ease some, you know, matchup problems with, against Jokic. Um, I think that's going to change them dramatically. And Corbin, did you just say the Clippers are boring? You said yeah. that, right? I mean, right. <laughs> l- 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 listen, what what excites you about the Clippers? Oh, yeah, the Clippers are playing. Can't wait to see uh, Kawhi or uh, – oh, no, it was Nick Batum. That's who it is. Yo, he's a star. Paul George. Like, what is what, – what, what's, what's, what's fun about the Clippers? I feel like, I feel like uh, Joe Kim Noah talking about um, – I feel like Joe Kim Noah talking about Cleveland. What's so good about Cleveland? Like, yeah, the Clippers are good. Don't get me saying the Clippers are boring for the Clippers aren't good. They are a very good team. But, like, when you hyped up to see what LeBron and AD will do, like, yeah. Like, like you know, LeBron has a monster dunk. AD do something crazy, beasting on folks. That's true. That's true. They're not I mean, they're flashy. not boring folks. I mean, thank you. And none of their team is. Like, the team's good. They flashy when they're choking. I like that. They're a lot of fun when they when they blow in leads and, oh, yeah, I love them now. Then Twitter's alive and I'm having fun. I'm hooting. I'm hollering. Like, they good then. I'll give you all of that. But outside of that, like, okay, y'all a good don't hear, team. y'all don't hear any, y'all don't hear any saltiness in Corbin's voice over that game from Tuesday listen, against the Lakers. But. Listen, well, I ain't even, <laughs> I ain't even trying to be salty about. I mean, you know what? Maybe a touch of salt, maybe like a light dust in a salt. You know, 
maybe a little. It ain't it ain't like an Emerald Lagasse band type of salt, but it's like a little dusting of it. But like, I mean, I I ask you, I challenge the listeners. Think about this. I'm put this on Twitter. What about the Clippers is exciting? Serge Serge Ibaka, uh, he hasn't been that for years. Nick Batum. Okay. I mean, what? does Nick Batum really get you going? Oh, sweet Lou Will. Now ah, that they. It gets you fired up. Like I, I look at this team and they're a good team, but like what 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 am I looking? I'm going, oh yeah, like I'm this is must see TV. Let's see uh Paul George go to Brooke on these pin downs, baby. <laughs> Listen, it is Paul George is the most interesting thing right now for this season because last year we just all remember the bubble and how bad and terrible it all went down. And you know, this game, the first game of the year against the Lakers, thirteen for eighteen, five for eight from three point land. So, I mean, it looks like he's back. He said he was injured last year. He was playing hurt. This year he's saying he's healthy. If he's going to play like this all year, the Clippers are going to be in a much better position than last year. They got some guys off of the team that weren't happy about mainly him getting special treatment. Uh, And that was funny, uh, his interview with Charles Barkley, and they asked him about it, and he basically was like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm I I worked myself to be this great, so I deserve special treatment. Basically, he's, I said it. Yeah, he <laughs> did. Like, I I appreciate him for saying that. I'll give him that. Yeah, and and, and basically, the, if you don't like it, you better get on the train, or you're gonna be moving to another city. So you know that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's interesting. But um, but yeah, uh, I think I think this team is not done. Also, I think they're gonna have to make a move to get a better point guard. Um, like they're. I, once they get another point guard and maybe Beverly can be their backup or Beverly may be shipped out, then I think they're going to be real contenders. I mean, yeah, I, I think, like, again, don't get it twisted. They are contenders. They're a good squad. I ain't saying that. I ain't going to say that. Top, top two in the West, you know, for sure. I just said they're not exciting. They're not something I look at. I'm like, oh, yeah, what am I going to see tonight? You know, that's all I mean. That's it. And, and- and I will say Michael Porter Jr. is pretty exciting, you know, and, and Jokic and normally Murray, but Murray did have a rough game. So I think, you know, if, uh, this is this is a great – I mean, we got a, a lineup of great games on Christmas Day. Like, this is going to be – every game you're going to want to watch at least, you know, half of the game. It, it, this is a tough pick game too, but uh, I'm going to go with the Nuggets. I'm the sure you nuggets? are too. Who you got? Who you got? Wow, I mean, I might have to go there. <laughs> I might have to go there. I was going to go with Clippers because you know how boring they are. But honestly, think Nuggets, yeah. you think the Nuggets are going to take it? I think they're a well-oiled machine, you know, coming from last year. You know, even though they lost to the Kings, uh, I mean, I will say that. They played a good game. Most of their guys did their job, but they lost to the Kings. So I don't see them losing again to the Clippers. And I think the Clippers did play a little bit above their head. So I think it should level out. This could be another one that can go into overtime, and it could be a toss-up. Okay. I'm with it. All right. I can respect it. That sounds – there it is. The takes are in. All right. I got to ask you, what is, what is to you – the most exciting and the least exciting. We kind of talked about it, but I just want to get on record. All right. Most exciting. Yeah, like I said, I would have said the Warriors if they were, you know, had Draymond. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with the Nets and Celtics. I mean, I, even, I wish Kimba was there, but I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say that. As the most, most boring? 
most exciting. Oh, most exciting. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you might have convinced me, you know. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Nets and Celtics. Most boring probably will be the Mavs and Lakers because I think the Lakers should take it pretty easy. All right, interesting. I'm going to say most exciting is Mavs and Lakers because I think we're going to have a high <laughs> offensive performance. I think Luka going to show up because, again, the Lakers don't really have anyone to stick them. I think that LeBron and AD are going to have some a show because the defense from Dallas is going to be a lot lighter than what they received from uh, the Clippers. And then my least exciting game, I know you mentioned the Lakers, which surprised me because uh, there's a world that we're in that the Warriors exist. Uh, I think the Warriors and Bucks are going to be a lot more boring. Like I said, by third quarter, I expect me just chilling with family, not even worried about the game, knowing I got uh, a couple hours and some change to hang out with family, buy me some free time to lock in for the rest of the basketball games. That's what I'm looking at the Warriors playing right now. That's like an easy night. Yeah, I think that could be the most boring, but I, I'm very interested to see, you know, how this team's going to function. And I want to see what Steph is going to do. But, yeah, I could see by halftime being like, okay, yeah, it, it's not working. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I just have a little problem up in there. Yeah, I got a little hope for him. I hope Steph can get back to MVP for him. But if he doesn't, it, it could get ugly real quick. That's what, zero to 100 real quick. I'm with that. All right, man. You got any last uh, any last takes up in here you want to share before we get out of here? Uh, uh nothing much. I was listening to all the smoke. Uh, uh, they interviewed Rajon Rondo, and uh, oh, okay. it was a great. Yeah, so I mean, you definitely should check that out. Thank it lets you, for you that. get to know Rondo um, a, a lot better, and uh, he's a real one. That's all I'll say. <laughs> hey, no, he really is. I I know that for a minute. I'm glad he got a ring with the Lakers. Excited to yeah. see what he does when he starts playing up in Atlanta. It'll be fun, but yeah, you're right. And I, I do. I, now I'm intrigued. When I get off of this, I'm gonna put this together and uh, that's what I'm gonna check out tonight. But uh, I just gotta say, man, I wish you happy holidays. Thank you uh, for coming on with me and having fun. And uh, we're gonna be right back at it next week, my friend. Yep. Happy holidays to you and everyone listening. And I'll just say for the NBA, just hope no more COVID outbreaks, no more postponements. Yeah. Tracking. Uh, you said it. You said it. Yes, sir. You can follow Will at William is Bill on Twitter. Follow me at Corbin NBA Hoopball Hoop Dash Ball dot com on Twitter at Hoopball Tweets. For the both of us, I am Frosty. Will's Frosty. Y'all stay Frosty, and we'll talk real soon. <laughs> I jump. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.